Once again, uh, welcome to everybody. Thank you, Cherish and, and Betty. Um, welcome. My little cub welcomes everybody. So uh, we're entering into Advent season. Today I'll give us an introduction, but we have these little devotional booklets, and if you haven't received one, they're back here in the back table, so please pick one up uh, for uh, as we uh, move through the month of December. Um, my name's Daryl. It's great to have everybody with us th- this morning. I trust everybody is full. Good, yeah. And I trust that probably many people are eating turkey sandwiches for lunch today. And tomorrow and the next day. (laughs) Turkey soup's in the future, right? (laughs) Turkey noodle soup, okay, I'm, I'm with you. Oh, that's the downside. Anyways, anyways, last night Lisa and I we we try to do this. Um, the um, Utah Symphony Orchestra puts on Handel Messiah Singing. They do it every year. They do it right after Thanksgiving. They do it Saturday night and Sunday night, just those two days. And it's probably the largest choir in Utah gathering together. Everybody comes in with their books. And so what happens is, is all of these local choirs and everybody, they come together, and it's a sing-along. And it's phenomenal. I don't sing. I just sit and listen. I, I just sit there and listen. They have opera singers there. And it's so. It's, I'm just kind of doing a little promo of it because I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I like a lot of different genres of music, so you know I I, I find myself I listen to a lot of Celtic uh, instrumental music. I love violin, I love cellos, I love the the different uh, classical musics with that. Uh, I love blues, yeah, blues, rock and roll, worship, lead guitar. I really like Daniel's keyboard playing. <laughs> so, we're going to start this morning with uh, The Humble King. And there's a, a song, a worship song written in 1999 uh, by a UK guy. I believe he was UK. He could be, uh, he could be uh, well, he's from the British Isles anyways. And it is, the, the name of the song is Humble King. And just to give you a, a couple of uh, verses of it, it says, Oh, kneel me down again here at your feet. Show me how much you love humility, O Spirit. Be the star that leads me to the humble heart of your love I see in you. You are the God of the broken, friend of the weak. You wash the feet of the weary. Embrace the ones in need. I want to be like you, Jesus, to have have this heart in me. I've listened to it a few times. You can find it on YouTube and you know iTunes and all that. But what it does is as you think about it, as you think about 
Who were your idols growing up? Who were the people you looked up to? Who were the people that you wanted to be like? And then even as you're growing up and through high school and possibly college and so forth, who are the people that you, you fashion yourself around or you dress like, you know? You ever, you ever say that you dress like those people? Uh, you know, you, you try to walk like them and talk like them. Who are the people that you fashioned your life around? And I was thinking about this. I have a cousin uh, that I, I grew up with. He's eight years older than I am. His name is uh, Robert, but is Bobby. And um, I wanted to grow up to be just like him. He was a tremendous athlete, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. Um, he, he taught me athletics. He spent a lot of time with me. He was the person I really wanted to be like. He, he was a hardworking guy. He was probably the friendliest person you'd ever want to meet. Uh, he, he was just... He was just every. He was just like man. He, he was my idol. I wanted to be just like Bobby. I wanted to be just like him. Um, and even uh, I lived with him just before Lisa and I got married. Uh, <clears throat> to this day, uh, I still have that in the back of my mind and my heart who he was. Great family man, hardworking guy, generous. Uh, all of those kinds of things encompassed who he was. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I think I took a few negative turns along the way. But ultimately, I knew as a young child, when I, and, and when, when I was very, very young, this is where this all started. Um, when my parents got divorced, I was really young. And um, I, my mother and I... T- my mother sent my brother and I to live with full time with some baby, some strangers. They were strangers, and they were babysitters. I lived with this family full time. I remember laying in, in a double bed with my brother and turning over, looking at him, going, "This is pretty crappy." You know, I, it was it was a shock to me as a kid. But my mother was a, a, a car hop at the time, and her and my aunt lived together. And my brother and I were getting a lot of mischief. I actually started the kitchen on fire one day, and that kind of pushed us to this full-time family. Um, and, you know, we weren't bad kids. We were just little, little guys. But anyways, <clears throat> I remember outside playing with his family, and, and there my cousin Carla was a part of that group. And she goes, Daryl, what are you doing here? And I said, well, uh, we're living with this family right here. And that lasted for about 24 hours where my... Um, where Bobby's mom, Jenny, came over and t- told my mom, those kids aren't staying with that family. They're moving in with us. And that's what started that. And I lived with them for well over a year, probably two years. I went to school and everything like that. And that's where bonded that relationship with Bobby in that household. And uh, so who are the people that you wanted to be like? And were they, you know, were they solid, great examples? And who is that? Who are those people today? You know, and when I find myself, and we have a lot of great examples of, uh, of especially in church life, and but I find that as we move forward, finding good role models are becoming more and more difficult. Don't you think? The people that 
we promote in the media and so forth become more and more difficult to find great role models. In the second line, show me how much you love humility of the song. Diving deep. As we dive into thinking about humilities, we must think about what Paul wrote the church there at Philippi. And if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 2 of Philippians. If you don't, I have it here on the screen. It starts by saying this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. I love what Paul said. Is there any encouragement? Do we have any encouragement today? Is there a word of encouragement? Can we come together today and encourage one another in Christ? As we follow this this timeless example of what Paul is writing to the church there at Philippi. And he goes on and says, don't be selfish. So he starts to give us some instruction. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take the interests of others. Think about the interests of others too. You must have the same attitude. And here Paul goes. Paul really kind of sets us up here, doesn't he? He he begins, this is the way you're supposed to be. This is how we should think. This is what what the encouragement is. If there's encouragement, he's kind of saying, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't be self-absorbed. Think of others. May your thoughts be of those around you. Be concerned about others. But then he says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And he goes on, he says, though he was God. And that's, a, that's a, he starts. Okay, let's, if there's any argument. Though he was God. Wasn't just a good philosopher. Wasn't just a revolutionary. He was God incarnate. He was fully God and fully man walking upon the earth. And you're going like this, and I'm going, I understand, but God can be anything he wants because he's God, right? So I, somebody was asking me just the other day, I says, oh, you know, I, he was just asking me a question about, about walking with Christ, and he had a little question about the Trinity, and I said, look, I understand there's mysteries about God. I, under, I, I get it. And I'm going to tell you, if, if you're thinking about the creator of the universe, he designs us the way he wants it to be, or God wants it to be. We use, we use male language because we, we think in terms of dominance. Though he was God, he did not think it 
did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege and he took, he took the humble position of a slave and he was born of a human being then, when he appeared in human form. So we're celebrating this Christmas season. We, as we light our candle to the glorious coming of the king, the birth of the coming of the king, he goes on and says, and he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. All other names. Gave him a name above all other names. Where he goes on and he says, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue Declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now what's interesting about this is Jesus is our ultimate example, is he not? At the end of the day, when we think about it, and, and this, this would be my advice to each and every one of us is that we use Jesus as our ultimate example of life. And it is something that it is able to be grasped. It's not that far off. You might say, well, why, does humility, uh, why is humility important? You know, like I said earlier, role models are hard to come by in today's world. We live in a society that is totally self-absorbed. We live in a society where self-promotion is important. We live in a society where we glorify success in an unhealthy way. We live in a society where people build their, um, their platforms are built on the backs of other people many times. You know, it's, it's get there before the other person does. There's a lot of, you know, shifting going on, so to speak. But finding good role models. And you might find one. You might find in your parent, a grandparent, a co-worker, a friend, somebody at a distance possibly, somebody that you see, and you find that you admire that person. And then you begin to think, well, what is it about that person that I'm attracted to? And one of the character traits that most often strike us about that person, what are those traits that strike us about the person? I mean, you, you ever stand in line in a store and see all the magazines? I'm always curious, as to, why don't they ask me about my private life? You're boring, right? <laughs> Why don't you tell stories about me? I mean, I just, I, I do, I think stupid things like that when I look, look at the headlines, you know, like, why do I care what's going on, you know? But the way we, you know, um, the, the whole thing with the model industry, the entertainment industry, all of that kind of stuff is what is pushing, is, is such a pressure on these young, young people today, Right? It is such a pressure. 
you know, um, the types of clothes we wear, the type of tags that are on dresses and pants and shoes and so forth. There's just nothing but pressure. That's what it is. It's all pressure. But then when you find somebody that you're intrigued, what are the traits? They seem to have an awareness. And I'm going to talk about people that seem to have an awareness that that they came to the place that they're at, not on the on on the not by stepping on others, but coming into that place by failures and recognition and being self-aware of who they are and realizing that being effective is a different standard. They seem to have an awareness of their own talents and how the people around them, how the people around them, their co-workers, their friends, help them. You know, I've heard many, many people over the years say, I might be the front person, but it's everybody, my workforce, the people I work with that make this company what it is today. Or this might have been my idea, but it's my team that has made it such a success. When somebody says that, I listen. Because they're beginning. They recognize something that isn't about them. It isn't about them. And that means a lot. You know, John, John Wimber used to, used to, used to always, um, well, thinking about leadership. He would just tell people, look, if you're called to be a leader, lead. If you're called to serve, serve. If you're called to teach, teach. In other words, what he's saying, you don't need a platform to do these things. You don't need a title to do these things. These things are a natural gift. Give give it to the person next to you. You don't need to, if you're looking for recognition, if you're looking for the corporate ladder, you're in the wrong place. That's what John used to say. That's what he built the vineyard movement on. That's why we really don't use titles. We're we're trying to recognize Jesus in people. We're trying to help people become all they can be in Christ Jesus. And everybody has different gifts. Everybody's called to something different. Everybody has the ability to impact other people in a healthy way. See, What I'm truly trying to say is oftentimes the people that we really, really need to love, our heroes, oftentimes are humble. And if they're not, I would suggest to you, maybe you might want to look and say, why aren't they? Why did God of heaven and earth decide it it would be best to present himself to humanity to present himself to humanity as humble. Why did Jesus do that? Why did Jesus do that? You know, some of the words that best describe humble, lowly, modest, small, meek, all enhance the meaning of the word humble. You know, when 
That was why the Pharisees reacted to Jesus. And that's why all the people thought Jesus was going to come and change politics. He thought he was going to, that the, the people of Israel were going to reign once again like they did under David, King David's regime, or his, his kingdom. And think about it. He could have done that, right? He could have came, unleashed heaven on the earth, right? I mean, think of it. God could have done that. But he chose to go a different way. He chose to reveal himself in a different way. Why did he do that? Why did he choose to do that? Why did he choose to create a dynasty of love? Remember when we went through um, the, the Jesus came to establish a new covenant? It was a covenant of love. Love God with your whole heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor is yourself. A dynasty of love. Why did he do that? Could it be that possibly the, the political landscape of the day was full of hatred, deceit, full of um, um, violence, arrogance? And God said, that's not, that's not what I created my people to be. Could it be that? My church... My people, my followers are going to live by a different standard. I think there's a lot to consider there, and especially as we move it forward. See, he could have led by the standards of the world, but he chose to lead and be humble. He chose to model servant by washing his disciples' feet, why we talked about, about often, uh, lately, especially lately. God wanted to communicate something very clear to all of us. Humility transforms our lives, does it not? Humility transforms our lives. And we begin to see those around us differently. What happens inside of us when humility comes into our lives? What happens inside of us when humility comes comes into our lives. Well, <clears throat> I know for me, it really revealed um, me. <laughs> you know, uh, when I my, started this walk, I, all of a sudden, I remember, I remember just as I was kind of just part of church life and um, my attitude is, I just really wanted to be somebody in Christ, right? But I was thinking in terms of, of, of the corporate ladder. I just wanted to be a successful Christian, you know? And, and, and I wanted my life to mean something. I wanted it to have purpose. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. 
Everything I just said right now is, is very honorable, right? But what the Lord has showed me is, Daryl, those things are all good. But I want you to do it for the right reasons. I want you to live that out for the right reasons. That's all. Those weren't bad things. They weren't bad things to to want to want to be to want to, to aspire to. But he said, "I want you to do it for the right reasons." So, humility. When you think about it, the way Jesus the the way Jesus talks about is 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 transforming. But it does look different. Matter of fact, I think that Rick Warren said it really really good. He said, "True humility is not thinking less of yourself." It's thinking of yourself less. And I thought, man, that's a bullseye, right? You know, it's not, it's not that thing where you're trying to say, oh, I just, you know, try to beat yourself up because you're not doing the right thing. How many of us, do you beat yourself up? You know, oh, man, I mishandled that, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, you, you, I mess up all the time. I know you don't think so, and I appreciate the thought. <laughs> but trust me, I do. But the idea here is thinking about, look, I, I don't, this is not about me, right? That's what, that's what Rick's saying. He's saying it's really not about you. This is about Christ. Let Christ live through you. Let, let Christ take all that you are. Let him take all that you are and let him work through you. And let him, let him touch other people's lives. Let him take the gifts and talents that he's given to you and, let it, and just give it away. Give it away with no anticipation of anything in return. Your lights, your name might not be up on the board. And I think that's an onward scroll. Actually, C.S. Lewis said it this one. I, I think he says it good too. He says, as long as you are pr- proud, you cannot know God. As long as you're proud, you can't know God. Hmm. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And, of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. Now, what is he saying there? If we're always looking down on others, if we're always trying to be on top, if we're always trying to be self-promoted, you're not seeing what God is doing in your life. You're distracted. That's what he's saying. That's how I take that. Here, well, let's, let's, this is what Abraham Lincoln said. I've been driven many times upon my knees by overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seems insufficient for the day. In other words, what I just heard him say is, I come to my end of my rope, and I don't know what, I, don't, I need wisdom, I need guidance, I need clarity. I go to my knees. Now, I think we should learn from those who go before us and I would suggest that we go to our knees first. Right? That's what humility does. And I, I love his statement. I love, you know, Abraham Lincoln's one of my favorite presidents. Um, 
I've read a few biographies on him. I said, Lord, this man was a gift to our country. And there's many people, women, men and women like that. But um, um, he's just one of those model, role models for me. When Paul wrote to Titus, he was writing some leadership stuff to Titus and Timothy. He would start by, in verse 2 of of, uh, chapter 3, he says, you shouldn't slander anyone and you you should avoid quarreling. You shouldn't slander and you shouldn't and you should not quarrel. He's talking to, to Titus here. And let's put that different. How many of you get in little bickering throughout the week? You know? A little bickering, a little, you don't know what you're talking about? What do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? I know more about it than you do. You want to bet? Okay, anyways, instead... Instead, he says, instead, Timothy, instead, do this. You should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. You should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. See, for most of us, now this is probably where where you you really need to hear this. I know. For most of us, humility comes at a cost, right? Now, I think, in my own personal journey, I think the Lord, by the way of the Holy Spirit, says, you know, Daryl, I'm going to help you get there, and so I'm going to put these little things in your road. (laughs) I have a believer over here. (laughs) You know, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be in social you know, whatever. I'm going to put these things in a row because I want you to be a humble follower of mine. And I know that life experience is really going to help you get there. So I am going to just use your life experience to show you what true humility looks like. And um, I just want to tell, I just want to, you know, testify. Thank you, Jesus. Humility is a challenge. And many of us give up on ourselves because it's too hard, right? Let's talk about it. It's hard, right? How many of you guys think humility is easy? How many of us think we could be a little more humble? A little more understanding? A little more gracious? A little more loving? A little more tender-hearted? A little bit more encouraging? A different look out life. A different look out on life. Uh, how about just you know what I mean? How many of us have ever have you ever prayed this prayer? This is not a humble prayer. Lord, I wish you'd get rid of this person that drives me nuts. I mean, just move them to a different department, to the other side of the room. Oh no, here they come. I'm going to go hide. Oh, I need to go to the restroom right now. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. How many? Come on, that's, that's life, right? You know, that's really life. 
What would Jesus do? Oh, or what kind of heart or attitude would the Lord have us to do? How about, could it, could it be that the Lord says, I want you to befriend that person? You say, what? I don't know. I think my ears clogged up. I thought I heard something. God would never tell me to do such a thing, right? Sure. This is, this is how God forms humility in our lives. Matter of fact, I actually, I, uh, every one of those, what I just said, Everything I just confessed to you, that was confession. I had done them all, every one of them. I remember working one time, and I said, I remember, and I just was a young Christian, been a couple years down in, into it and so forth, and I said, Lord, you got to get rid of this guy. Move him somewhere else. He drives me crazy. He opens his mouth, and I just, all, this, all this stuff comes up. I just get uptight. And I, all this anger, and I just want to, I just want to, I just want to say bad things to him. I just, ugh. okay. You know what the Lord said to me? I put him there. Why would you do that? Because I love you, Daryl. Why? But I don't want that kind of love, right? Why would you do that? He says, because I'm doing a good work in your life, and I want you to love what I love. I love that person. You know what? I began, I, I, I really heard that. And I began engaging with that person totally differently. It was cool. It was hard. It was very hard. But it was really good for me. Colossians 3.12 says this, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. Okay, that's you. Those of you who are the followers of Christ. You must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must clothe yourself. We serve a hum humble king. See, humility is the correct understanding of who we are in Christ. Humility is the correct understanding of who we are in Christ. That's who Christ has called us to be. Humility has a way of telling the outcasts, those around us, that they're accepted. Humility has a way to be endearing. Humility has, is attractive. Humility, humility in Christ and humility in us is really what people are truly looking for. They just don't know it. They are attractive. People are attracted. I was attracted to it. I am attracted to it. I read books about people that have gone before us that are in heaven that are truly humble people because I sit there and go, I truly want to be humble. Not in a fake way. I truly want to change and I need a lot of help. And God answers those prayers, right? As we uh, come forward, let's have the worship team as we move forward, let's have the worship team.
come forward. You see, humility helps us reflect on God who came to us not in strength, but in weakness. Who led with compassion. All these things were tender-hearted mercy and kindness, love. Heartfelt, heartfelt, a heart that is felt towards others. Transformation. James would tell us this way. If you are wise and understanding, if you're wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable, honorable life doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom, that comes from God, the humility that we find in the wisdom of scriptures, the humility that we find in God's provision. Humility is the true path. But brothers and sisters, it is a challenge, right? So my... As I'm gonna have, we're gonna take our offering now, and this is just our time that we, that is our best way to 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 um, receive from the family. And if you're a guest with us, don't, do not feel obligated. You can also give by going to uh, www.oasis.oasisvineyard.org and do it there. But. Um, and I want to say how grateful we are for your financial support um, and helps us do what we do here. And also, hopefully, as we move forward, we'd we be able to even impact other people's lives. See, Jesus' example of humility was selfless. Which is totally just a counterculture to each and every one, to our culture. It's not selfless. Growing up, when I, when I told you about my cousin, the one thing I noticed about him is he was very selfless in a lot of ways. Um, he wasn't perfect, but he was, and that's what I drew from him. He, he always, always, I mean, he just loved me. He just loved me. He was eight years old, and I was, he was the big brother I never had. And um, he was a great, great model, hardworking guy. But then, as I've, as I've grown up and matured, um, oftentimes, I find myself saying, Jesus, I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I, need, I want my life to reflect you. I want my life to reflect you. Jesus. I want my life to reflect His goodness. I want my life, to, and I want our church to reflect that. That's, I'm talking as an individual. As a church, I want us to reflect the humility of Jesus. I want us to, to uh, 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 
be all we can as a community to reflect who Jesus is. In every way possible. The things that he's invited us into and called us to. So as we enter into this season of hope and peace and joy that comes through this Advent season, let's remember that it came through a humble king who healed the brokenhearted, who had come to, to the outcast, who had come to those that couldn't live up to the religious standard of the day. He came for those. He came for those of need. I was one of those. Would you stand with me? So as, as we, let's have the uh, ministry team come forward. As, as we uh, worship this last song, and if you, you're here, now we're, I believe that God touches people's lives, transforms us. He touches us and touches brokenness in so many ways. And I believe that God heals today. He heals today. I, I, I think we as a community of believers of the kingdom of God, the Bible is alive. And Jesus said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. I have come to set the captive free. I have come so that you might have a relationship with me and truly a life worth living, right? So, but if, you're, if you're, you find yourself stumbling or if you find yourself dealing with any kind of physical pro- problem, God is here for you. And we would just want to stand with you and pray for you uh, and, and, and call upon the name on your behalf to the living God as he is here in our midst. So as we sing this last song, come forward and... and, and uh, Whatever your needs might be, whatever they are, God is here for you. The Lord is here for you. Let's sing.